Hello, gorgeous humans, and welcome to this week's episode of Midlife AF. We are going to be talking about all things Christmas, how to manage this crazy time of year and keep yourself sane in the process. <laughs> um, I have a lot of tools that I have used over the years to either be more intentional around our drinking this Christmas or to be able to get through it alcohol-free if that's where you want to be. So we're going to discuss that in this week's podcast. So over to me. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. I lovingly acknowledge the Boonarung people of the Kulon Nation as the custodians of Kurt Barak. I share my admiration for the Aboriginal culture. I witness the connection that they have for each other and the land and their community. As I swim in the waters and walk on the land, I feel the power of this place. I'm grateful for the Aboriginal people's amazing custodianship, the power, beauty and the healing potential of this place. I wish to pay special respects to the elders of the Boonarong people. Their wisdom, guidance and support are exceptional and felt well beyond the Aboriginal community. I honour that this is Aboriginal land and that it has never been ceded. I am committed to listening to the Aboriginal community and learning how I can be an active ally in their journey to justice. Hello, my darlings. It's beginning to look a little bit like Christmas, isn't it? Yes, it sure is. <laughs> and you know what? I'm seeing and hearing so many humans saying how hard Christmas can be for everybody, how many expectations there are, particularly on the, the women in the household and often on the men as well. There's a lot of financial pressure. There's a lot of socializing if, you know, you've got a family around and often, you know, in communities and cultures as well, there can be a lot of socializing in the lead up to Christmas. You've got mother's group socializing, you've got school socializing. And for those of us who are a little bit neurospicy, we can find that very, very exhausting and far more likely to find ourselves in a situation where we're drinking and we didn't want to be drinking. Ask me how I know. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, one is how to manage 
this Christmas period, alcohol free. And the other is how to manage this Christmas period and stay intentional with your alcohol use and consumption. And both of those scenarios require that you make a bit of a plan. When things tend to go a bit tits up is a very English way of saying, <laughs> it tends to be because we haven't made a plan and someone will ask us something and we weren't expecting it and we don't have a answer ready for it. And I know I've had quite a few new people join the podcast recently. And so just saying, hi, if you are here and you want to know a little bit more about me, I invite you to go back and listen to the first couple of episodes where I talk about where I came from, what my background is, how I ended up being alcohol free. My God, I can't even believe that I am coming up for four years. Isn't that insane? Oh, my God. And what a journey it's been on, right? really has and so I'm sure for many of you guys who are on the same journey as well it's like you know you don't realize until you go down this path that what's going to open up for you what's going to change and how you're going to really reassess everything everything for me it's been such an interesting journey so many things have opened up for me, um, my whole world has changed. And and really, I was saying to you, I was up recently in uh, New South Wales with the lovely ladies from my mastermind group, um, Her Empire Builder, which is run by Tina Tower. And <clears throat> I was talking to a few of the ladies, and obviously most people drink, um, which is, you know, totally fine by me. I have no... my mission is not to stop people drinking by any stretch of the imagination. My mission is to stop making it hard for people to reduce or stop drinking because of the stigma and shame that we have around drinking. And also to expose some of the other bits and pieces that come along with being a woman in midlife, Often, as many of my listeners are, you know, neurodivergent or with neurodivergent children or coping with teenagers going through stuff and having been brought up in that productivity culture and all of us having been born, you know, with beliefs that have kept us stuck in midlife being that time, as the wonderful Brene Brown says, where the universe takes us by the shoulders and gives us a good shake and says, I'm not messing around. And you get two choices. One is to, you know, clench your butt cheeks, as she says, and carry on regardless, gritting your teeth. And and the other is to, to look at all these things that we're doing and actually question them and say, you know, am I that person? Am I a go getting media career human being with an ENTJ Myers-Biggs profile or have I been masking all my life and this doesn't just apply to neurodivergent humans although you know that is quite a strong um indicate 
it's only since I discovered, you know, that I stopped drinking and even started going along this journey that I sort of discovered some of those things and just remembered even who I was before, you know, I started to change myself to fit in with the world. And even tonight, it's quite interesting. We have, as a family, we haven't been invited to the neighbourhood um, Christmas party, which is interesting because we're like, well, we wouldn't want to go probably anyway, but it's still not very nice to be invited not invited and it kind of and I don't think it's done meanly but there's been a little bit of feud between me and my neighbor which I've spoken about and we've ended up you know having to you know he's going to court and stuff like that because his behavior has been really bad and we've had to get an intervention order out but that's awkward for people and you know my beautiful friend Victoria Vanstone she writes she has her um, podcast Sober Awkward, which won some awards recently, which is amazing. And, you know, this awkwardness of life, I was listening to, because um, I recently got diagnosed, got my autism diagnosis, but I'm working with my psychologist to write the report up so that I've got some good goals to work to and things like that. And just trying, I was listening to sort of the difference between women and um and men and often women diagnosed in midlife one of the things that comes most often is people go to their health professionals and they're exhausted because midlife is this time where the estrogen stops us the reduced estrogen stops us being able to put on the facade you know to perform emma and to perform, you know, it stops us being able to push ourselves beyond our boundaries, beyond our physical, but it stops us being able to push through our nervous system in order to look after, nurture and love our children, our careers, our partners. And suddenly we're like, oh my God. And so many of us, and I find this with so many women wake up midlife and how the fuck did I get here <laughs> this wasn't what I imagined when I was at uni and in my 20s and feeling like you know I had the world this wasn't what I imagined and then it's like well you know we've only got what's that beautiful saying with what are we going to do with this one precious life and I'm finding more and more for me the journey of self-compassion, you know, everything that I've done in my training as a psychotherapist, counsellor, my work with Gabon Marte, my work with Annie Grace, my work with Jillian, pa- um, oh my God, Jillian Parks, my work with Jay Fields, you know, everything leads me to compassion and also healing the parts of us, the little parts of us that we put away are the protective parts of us. And again, Brené talks about that in her work too, you know, all of the things that we've we've constructed are protective parts of our nose skin to keep us safe. They're starting to work against us. And for me, alcohol was one of those things. And I think, you know, the major thing for me, and I was talking about this this week, was that sort of waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, I didn't want to drink last night and I did. And being mean to myself about it and 
Yeah, and I think this, that was really tough. And I think that was the main thing for me. There was that and my kids were starting to say things like, you know, I told you that last night, Mom. And I'd be like, oh, God, I don't really remember that. Um, but I always say that people always think because you, if you are, you know, somebody who's out and proud of not being a drinker, of, um, that you must have had something, you know, you must have had a really, really bad problem with alcohol. And I don't think that was that's the story for most of the people I know. And that's not the story for me. For me, I would have been considered at the high end of drinking. But the more now that I evolve as a human, I discover that actually I was using alcohol to mask my true self and to mask the things, my low energy in social groups, you know. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm not. I can't be extroverted. It just means that I get my energy from time alone and I really need time alone. And I think, you know, from really from a very young age, and I'd even say as young as sort of five or six, but really probably from about 11, I deliberately changed who I was in order to fit in. And I think that many women, but particularly neurodivergent women find that to have been the situation and often we find there was some kind of friendship drama but again little things like you know the sort of neighbors and and I'm lucky I've done quite a lot of work now on how those things make me feel but it's that feeling that you're not quite one of the gang and you don't quite fit in and what I've loved about finding other people in this community and what I've loved about finding other humans um, in the neurodivergent um, world as well is that <clears throat> um, you, you feel much more comfortable being yourself. You know, this sort of social awkwardness, which is, you know, normal. I was saying that to my clients the other day. You know, we weren't supposed to walk into a room and be completely comfortable when we're meeting strangers. We weren't supposed to. We're supposed to be have our guards up a little bit because we don't know people. And, you know, we sort of learn conversation skills. That's what you learn when you're not, um, when you're not having to take alcohol to, to give you that. And often those of us who think we're the most extrovert, that's the really interesting part of this, I find, and particularly the women that I'm working with in Be The Lighthouse now, where we're getting into, like we're doing some really deep work on presence and, you know, we're doing meditation groups together and we're, you know, really getting into what's behind our drinking and learning to be with that sort of really big experience, emotional experience. And often we find that particularly women who've struggled to stop drinking you know completely and wanted to there's often you know beliefs about themselves I remember Annie always teaching at the beginning of my training with her you know we hold beliefs at three levels at the level of substance at the level of society and at the level of self and it's the beliefs at the level of self that are hardest for us to change because they were formed when we were incredibly young and Gabo Mate says they were formed before we could speak the way that we saw the world and the way that we saw ourselves. It's fascinating. And every woman that I work with, I would say, 
to an extent was not seen for their wonderfulness. <laughs> they had to be a certain way in order to be loved. They had to be a certain way in order to get validation as a child. And that's just the way our culture works, you know, and also it's not nothing to do with our parents lo loving us or anything like that. It's to do with that culture. And so many women take on as very young children, you know, this idea that they're actually responsible for everybody else's experience, often because they've had parents who have made that, you know, the child has needed to be on high alert to make sure that that parent is okay because they, you know, they, you know, for millions of different reasons, none of which is about blaming the parents. It's all about <clears throat> just accepting that we're all going to have been traumatized in some way by our childhood. And then it's about this taking responsibility for it and working out how to heal ourselves so that we can live these beautiful lives without feeling charged and getting triggered by things that, you know, don't actually matter like my neighbors next door. <laughs> <laughs> and as I always say to all my clients, I'm always a work in progress. Um, and I haven't got this all sussed at all by any stretch of the imagination. And I would, you know, I would hate to kind of come across as someone who did, because then I, you know, I'm not on this journey with you. And we're on this journey together. So let's talk about Christmas. So Christmas, um, have a plan. My recommendation is, and women find this so hard, don't go to things you don't want to go to you know if you have to make up a lie make up a lie conserve your energy at all costs because it is when you are depleted that you will make bad decisions and I don't mean bad as in bad or good there's no moral value to this but if you wanted to say have two drinks and you are exhausted and you're staying too long somewhere and you feel obligated and or you've been on your feet, you've been doing stuff all day and you haven't had a minute to yourself, that is much more likely to be the time that you will make a decision to drink more than you wanted to. And then you'll have that waking up in the morning and feeling crappy about yourself. And there's nothing wrong with you because of that, right? Just reiterating that, you know, alcohol is an addictive substance to everybody, if you drink enough of it over a longer enough period of time, and it really isn't that much, you know, we only have to listen to Huberman to, to hear how little it is, because it is a really addictive um, substance. And which brings me on to another subject matter, which is something that's sort of irritating me a bit at the moment. I've been talking a little bit about not buying people wine for Christmas and saying it's a bit of a lazy gift. And I put something out on, um, on social media about it last week and, got quite a lot of reactions um and I say this because I literally have sat through a number of clients recently who have been gifted wine and because of our and particularly women this you know we, we've been told not to waste things we've also been told you know that to be polite so we take things and often then we'll take it home and it will sit in our cupboards. And for many of my clients, if they didn't have it there, and people can say, I've had, I had some reactions on socials. Well, you know, the problems your clients, they should learn how to stand up for themselves or they should. And it's like, no, it's not about that. But what I'm saying to you is have another, have a little bit of thought. 
when you're giving someone a Christmas present. Because this is similar to this idea, I was talking to a lady recently, and she was like, well, I believe in everything in moderation, don't you? And I'm like, no, actually, I don't. I For years I said I did, but I don't. I don't think everything in moderation. I think... I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking and being intentional about your drinking. We all do risky things in life, right? I eat too much chocolate. I, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but there's a, there's a, I, don't, I remember saying to this particular lady in this particular instance, and again, this is sort of me standing up for myself in a way that I never used to do. This is for me, this is me standing next to my inner child and having her back which is what I teach in my programs. It's like the little people that we left behind, they are the ones that will act up and drink. They are the ones that will be having the really big emotional experience. And our job is to learn to not, you know, to really love and nurture them, validate them so that they know they can, whatever they do, they will be loved by us. And that's just incredible, you know, that's an incredible experience. And once you do that, and then you can assimilate those beautiful humans inside yourself. But every time we have a glass of wine, we abandon those beautiful humans, we leave them in their distress. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a criticism, because again, we do that with so many things. We can do it with food, we can do it with busyness, we can do it with anything, right? And we make informed decisions. But I find it really useful and I know a lot of my clients find it really useful to to really focus on that. Actually, that feeling of disconnection, that feeling of the buzz, that feeling of a bit fuzzy, that's us leaving ourselves. So we're kind of going off into a place that feels, you know, we don't have to look after that little one inside us and hold their hand and help them through the difficult stuff. And often we've made them an enemy and we judge them and we, you know, we're really mean and harsh to them, which is like that next day meanness. Um, But I just wanted to talk about everything in moderation because it's, I've had a couple of ladies say to me, you know, or do everything in moderation. I'm like, it's not really. Tends to be, I find that quite judgmental. That's a particular phrase. I don't know what you guys think. Um, Because when I've asked particular humans who've said that to me, like, are you applying that to cigarettes as well? They'll say no. But actually alcohol does as much harm in our society, not only from a physical perspective, as in it's, you know, causes cancer causing, can increase your um, risk of breast cancer and heaps of other... um, medical issues and mental health issues but also for the you know people around you the impact for children the impact you know in domestic violence and suicide and you know, there's pub rules and so it is it used to be considered the most dangerous drug and then the oxycodone um crisis came and that's from points of not just by the imperial college in london they judged it to be the most harmful drug not just for what it does to you as a human but the effects that it has on society for you know work and days off and domestic violence and abuse and all those kind of things um so it's not really a what do you call it it's not a innocuous 
substance it's not like for me like yes you know if you eat too much cheese it's gonna be you know bad for your arteries if you eat too much bacon it's got cancer causing but it's not got all this other stuff so it's not going to give you mental health it's in bad mental health conditions it's not going to aid your anxiety so it's really a different conversation and that's my issue that I have with the everything in moderation because and the same with you know I for me it's like drink what you want I don't care that's fine. I have no issue with it. Most of my friends drink and I'm totally cool with it. But let's not pretend it's a substance that's just all about fun and giggles because it's not. And the biggest issue, I think, is for people and their own self-esteem and how you feel the next day and the fact that you feel shitty about yourself and you wish you hadn't and you can't understand why you've got everything else together in your life and this one thing isn't you just can't seem to get a grip on it. And, you know, there's that sort of judgment. Again, I was talking to this lady and she was saying, you know, everything in moderation, she was like, you know, you know, if I want to stop, I'll just stop. And it was a sort of judgment of like, it's, it's a bit like when, you know, judging people for not being able to control eating, you know, binge eating and eating more than they wanted to eat and stuff. It's like, there's, it's like there's something wrong with that person and I'm going to stigmatize them because I can do it and there's a judgmental part of it and there's almost like a control I see it's control like that person probably has incredible self-control and they probably pride themselves on it but self-control can be a really a big coping mechanism as well for making everything feel safe so everything's you know none of us are perfect and this is a sort of vibe I want to bring to this, but there's nothing wrong with people. And I think that's sort of, oh, you know, everything in moderation. Or why do you or your generation have to take things to such extremes? It's like, oh, what's extreme? You know, and literally, if you just say, would you apply that to cigarettes? They'd be like, oh, no, 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 I don't think it's the same thing at all. It is. It really is. <laughs> it's an addictive substance that is harmful not just to yourself, but to other people and to society as a whole. You can't say that so much about bacon or cheese, for example. Anyway, I just wanted to share that because it was winding me up. <laughs> um, so let's talk Christmas. So Christmas, get intentional. Take a, take a bottle of water with you. Take alcohol-free adult drinks with you I mean I remember when I was drinking just going oh, I wish I could drink and not get drunk like I wish I could have a couple of glasses of wine and not feel so pissed because I know when you reach menopause you get offend oh, perimenopause which is 10 years from really from age 40 until the average age of menopause is 52 um the changes that happen to our hormones are such that it makes alcohol have a much bigger impact on us. Um, but also like have a story, you know, if you're not going to drink, if you only want to have one or two, why? People love to ask you why, because they often it's the people who want to bully you into having a bit more. Although saying that most people that I know who don't drink get all really worried about being pressurized into or people judging them for having a quote unquote problem and most of the time, no one gives a shit. I mean, that's the main thing. The only person who tends to worry about it is us. 
nobody else cares once they've got a drink in hand and I know I've been that person who's taken a drink and pretended to drink it because it was too awkward for me to turn down so I totally get it and then I had to do this sort of embarrassing retraction where I was just like actually I've stopped drinking I'm three months not drinking and and then I'm but I've already like put it up to my and I've also like created this whole embarrassing farce, which is where I was talking a little bit about the sort of social awkwardness that certainly neurodiverse humans, women have. It's like sort of I'm a bit on the outside. I don't quite know how to do this social stuff properly. And I'm going to make a bit of a titter myself. Whereas now I love to be like, this, this is who I am. Take me or leave me. And, you know, some people will leave you. But also some people are just like, ah, great. Awesome. Anyway, my darling, so so have a plan, take some water, have what you're going to drink. Um, there's so many great drinks out there. I am loving Buds and Bees sparkling tea at the moment. Um, again, many people get triggered by the um, replicas, alcohol replicas. I didn't. I found them really, really useful in my um, in my early days of not drinking, especially at events. And I suggest if also if you do find triggering is just to try and work out what is triggering about them. And if it's because they make you want to drink alcohol, what is it about the alcohol that you want? That's always the question for me with my clients is like, so why would you? And it's not a rhetorical question. It's a genuine question. Why would you? So tell us the answer. What is it that you're what is it that? What would happen if you didn't have that? And what would happen that would be better if you did? Because it's usually, I don't think personally, that the trigger is not about the alcohol-free substance. The trigger is the fact that you really, really, really want to drink. And so there's there's always a reason why you really, really, really want to drink. Outside of, you know, I really like the taste of it because there's plenty of alcohol-free stuff now that that actually is quite good in comparison to what used to be. So, for example, for the um, champagnes or fake bubbles or whatever you call them, um, like naughty is really good now, really dry. Um, but for me personally, I prefer to have something like non or the buds and beads or um, what else do I like? Oh, I love etch sparkling, really beautiful grown up drinks that are nice and dry. Um, and also Naked Life are pretty good and they sell those in, in Coles, I think. Um, but yeah, have a drink, have an exit plan. Don't be the designated driver because then you end up having to wait for other people. And that's a lot of the time why people drink. And the other thing is don't be in resistance, right? Going out and being with people when you're not drinking can be brilliant. You remember their names, you remember who they are, you remember the whole situation, you can have fun and then you leave when you're ready. Nobody cares. Like, seriously, no one cares. So look after yourselves this Christmas. Christmas is tough. We push ourselves so hard. See what where you can let your standards drop a little bit, you know? It doesn't have to be perfect. It really doesn't. No one's going to remember your beautiful temporal decorations or your matching gift wrapping. I know that that sounds horrible to say, but it's never going to be appear on your epitaph. But what is going to appear is whether you were okay or not and how you made other people feel. And I just want to send you all my love because this time of year, I'm, I have to say I am lucky in that and I love and miss my family, but we don't have that, which is just me and Damien and, and the kids 
Um, and in many ways we get to choose how we do Christmas and that is actually a very lucky situation for us to be and I know that's not the case for everyone so have a beautiful Christmas make sure you visualize the event before you go every single part of it along with you coming home and often people find that you know just make sure that you've got you you've got um you've got uh a vision of what that's going to look like and how that's going to feel when you get into bed and you feel like you either you've had the amount of drinks that you wanted to have or you haven't drunk at all and you can continue your stint of being alcohol free so i'm sending you so 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 much love and um yeah i was just going to say as well if any of you are interested in um getting yourself ready for dry january i got my awareness worksheets my free awareness worksheets which you can download which allow which means you can just drink and actually we you really want to drink want to drink during them and just kind of record the information and the data around your drinking which will mean that when you do decide to stop drinking in January or take a break from drinking in January you will find it so much easier because you'll understand what your routines and rituals around alcohol are and also what your triggers to drink might be as well. So even if you just want to reduce your amount of drinking, it's an absolutely brilliant thing to do. So I highly recommend downloading those. And I also have that um, North Star visualization, which is free at the moment as well, which is a, um, a 20 minute meditation with uh, visualizing what it would be like when you have done whatever it is your goal is around alcohol, how you will feel. And this is a really, really important part of setting yourself up for success with whatever strategy you want to have for the new year around alcohol. You know, if it's drinking less, if it's taking a break, or if it's taking a longer break or going alcohol free, those are all great uh, options to use. And I've got one other little thing that might be quite interesting. I don't know if it is or not, but I've got a five-day alcohol reset program. It's only 14 bucks. And I just thought it was quite nice that maybe if you've got that little period in between Christmas and New Year and you've overindulged in that little period at Christmas and you want to see what it's like to do a bit of coaching with me, I'm not there in person, but you get um, five days of videos and um, reflections to work on. Um, it's a really, I've got really good feedback from it. People tend to love it. Um, and it's an opportunity to take a five-day break in the middle. And so you could be all fresh and ready to celebrate your new year in wild style. So up to you, but they'll both be in the um, in the show notes. And just one more reminder as well, if you want to join me for my VIP one-to-one -one coaching in January or February, if you purchase before the end of December, you get it for the current prices, but I'm having to put my prices up next year. And so I just, you can start it at any time. And for that, you get me working with you on Marco Polo on um, a daily basis um, so you just literally come on the app and you can you can do it on Voxer as well if you prefer just to talk or even WhatsApp if you prefer just to type and what it is is you get the alcohol the Aussie alcohol experiment so you get that daily little video and you get the reflection and what you do is you come on then to me on one of these apps and you give me your 
um, your answers to the questions and then I'll give you a little bit of coaching so we just work like that and every 24 hours you'll get a response from me and um, my clients who've been doing this program with me recently absolutely raving about it so I highly recommend if you want to take um, some time off drinking 30 days off drinking in January or February invest in that with me and I will support you as your very own alcohol trainer um, to have a really pleasant and fun experience. Because the way I work, as many of you know, is I run an alcohol experiment. And it's just that it's not about stopping drinking. It's not about giving up drinking. It's all about awareness, getting intentional with what we do, really understanding what we do and just taking some time to ourselves and get our body a bit more, re you know, refreshed and revitalized ready to take on the new year it's been a big year for everyone this year all right my darlings you have the very happiest of christmas and i will record another podcast for you in between and then again we'll have another one in january too um and of course as you guys know i have my facebook group midlife af which you're always meant welcome to join um, and I will be going in there and coaching during January very regularly as well. So if you don't want to pay or you can't afford to pay, that's another really good option too. All right, my darlings, you take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you. Thank you.